0: Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world. Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Kotz. I write about
1: rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune. Today on the world's only rock and roll talk show, the rock doctors are going to take another appointment with a needy music listener.
0: Plus, Greg and I will review new albums from Santo Gold and Elvis Costello.
1: You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time for some music news.
0: Greg, that is My Bloody Valentine and the album Loveless. has been 16 years since they uh, put it out in 1991, a year for albums that changed rock in your generation and mine. Same year as Nevermind. And I think it's had every bit as much of an impact. If not in terms of sales, My Bloody Valentine has certainly influenced countless musicians who followed in their wake. couple of reunions to talk about this summer— the one I'm most excited about is My Bloody Valentine is Back with the four original members. They're going to play five stops in America, New York, Toronto, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, and I'm I'm really stoked about it, and it's not even the only reunion I'm excited about this year. The Feelies, a name I've dropped perhaps second only to Brian Eno on this show, <laughs> is another hugely influential New York band. I think you can hear lots of echoes in them and everybody from Weezer to The Strokes. They're regrouping after like 15 years apart. They're going to play a... A giant concert in New York on Battery Park for free with Sonic Youth on July 4 and maybe hitting the road after that. A couple of other shows in New Jersey. Man, that's as good as it gets. I'm really excited. My Bloody Valentine and the feelies they're not
1: the only reunion tours this summer, although they're certainly the ones we're the most excited about, Jim. I agree with you. The police are finally wrapping it up. They announced, held a big press conference in New York. There's nothing. There's, <laughs> there are no small press conferences in the police's world. Yeah, a big press conference in New York the other day, saying that they're going to end their mega tour of 2007-2008 in New York, the same place they started back in the 70s when they started touring the world as an unknown band out of the UK. They made 212 million on the road last year, <laughs> played to nearly two million people. But they say there are going to be no more tours, no more albums from the Police after this final show. Uh, this summer. We also have the news that the Gang of Four is, is continuing to tour, even though it's now the Gang of Two. The rhythm section has uh, quit the band. Anthrax has apparently found a new singer through a YouTube contest. Velvet Revolver is looking for a new singer through a YouTube contest. That's because Wyland, their previous lead singer, is now touring with the Stone Temple Pilots. So the reunion trend continues. But as usual Jim I think the key with this is what kind of new music are we going to see these bands cash in on the road but can we see the Feelies and My Bloody Valentine come up with new albums that live up to their former glory and I'm so tough Music from Nine Inch Nails. It feels like we're saying that a lot this year, and that's because we are. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize, Jim, a new Nine Inch Nails record just came out this week? Basically, the fifth volume, fifth album worth of music. That Trent Reznor has released this year alone in the last three months, as a matter of fact. That equals his entire output from 1989 through 2006 when he was uh, tied to major label recording contracts. Had never been prolific. Now he is. A free man, a free agent, a man who is able to do anything he wants, has been releasing music through his 9inchnails.com website with great frequency in recent months the latest record came out last week it's called the slip an announcement on his website uh, a little bit after midnight on Monday morning saying here's another one folks this one's on me (laughs) basically a free album telling fans they can download it in four different digital formats all for free 10 songs 43 minutes worth of new music from Trent Reznor Uh, this follows up the ghosts volume 1 through 4 that came out in March which was released in five different formats, including a free download, as well as CD and vinyl versions. He uh, collected more than 700,000 orders and downloads within a week for the Ghost set, compiling revenue of 1.6 million. dollars, So I guess uh, Trent was feeling a little bit giving uh, given yeah. that uh, windfall. And now we have another new Nine Inch Nails record. Before we review it, let's hear another track from it. It's called Letting You from Nine Inch Nails on Sound Opinions.
0: Setting you by Nine Inch Nails on sound opinions from the new free album, The Slip. Greg, you did say that Reznor has been uh, never been more prolific than he is right now. That's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> You know, yeah. It's kind of reminding me of Prince after he broke free from the shackles of Warner Brothers. After a while, you were like, hey, Prince, stop giving us new music. <laughs> Reznor is not at that point yet. But one of the things that uh, was always extraordinary to me about Nine Inch Nails, despite the long delays between albums, at his very best, Reznor crafted worlds that only existed on his albums. They were so unique, and you were taken on a trip where he was the tour guide, whether it was the, the angst-ridden downward spiral or or the uh, kind of soul-searching of the fragile when he's crawling back from the edge, or the uh, really dense and playfully paranoid concept album Year Zero, which he really had a lot of fun with, uh, basically telling a science fiction story in the form of this album. You know, ghosts 1 to 4 are fine, right? But it's 4 chock full sketchbooks of of half finished ideas and instrumental at that this record in contrast is a quick and dirty like basement recording of a garage band mm-hmm. you know here's us tearing it up on a weekend basically that's kind of neat only because we haven't heard it from 9 inch nails before and there are some really fine moments less so the quiet mechanical mood pieces than than the rockers those are always good like what we just heard what we came in uh, with earlier discipline yeah, it's it's as good as With Teeth in 2005, but this is like a B-level Nine Inch Nails album, not an A-level thing.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds very quick, down and dirty, as you said, and and it suffers because of that. I think one of the things I really enjoyed about Reznor, especially around the era of the Fragile, very underrated record was the meticulousness of that recording. Yeah. Uh, it was just an amazing amazing. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's a great headphone record. Yeah. I'm not sure you could say that about the slip. At the same time you love the gesture, the fact that he's getting it out there, getting at it you know basically you, you can imagine him finishing this record last week. And, and yeah. literally, like, a day later, getting it up on his website and letting fans hear it. I, I think that's a cool gesture. Don't forget that Prince, even though he put out, like, nine albums worth of material in, like, two years after the Warner Brothers, was charging fans for all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it was kind of mediocre material. A lot of And he was. was charging fans, you know, full price for that stuff. So he was keeping a lot of money. But at the same time, the material was subpar. Here's Reznor putting stuff out there, but he's giving fans a choice about how they want to pay for it. In this case, you don't have to pay anything for it. So, I, you know, I applaud that effort. I think what we're going to see is he's going to, uh, you know, pull back a little bit and start making those meticulous records again. But for now, I think he's enjoying the freedom, and I applaud him for it. There's no risk involved. Go download it from Nails.com
0: yourself and see how good it is. Well, it's true. More of these kind of releases is going to make our buy it, burn it, trash it scale yeah. uh, mood, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pointless. Yeah. But, I mean, burn it. By all means, burn this record. It's for free, what do you got to lose?
2: Je suis enchanté. Où est la bibliothèque?
3: Voilà mon passeport.
2: Ah, Gérard Depardieu. Baguette. Baguette. Oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, oh <laughs> I love that. I've heard that a million times, and it, I still never get tired of it. That is a track called Fafa" Fa by Flight of the Conchords from New Zealand. Greg, Mr. Cot, on its week of release, number three on the Billboard album charts, and number one in terms of the download uh, chart, the most successful and highest charting band exceeding Crowded House in 1986 ever from New Zealand. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that says. Stunning. Flight of the Concords is is two gentlemen, Brett McKenzie and Jemaine Clement, who proudly brag of being the, quote, fourth most popular digital folk parody novelty band from New Zealand. <laughs> not obviously, that's, a, you know, not like saying you're the world's only rock and roll talk show, right? I mean, these guys are hedging their bets. In case you don't know, Flight of the Concords is this New Zealand. Comedic Folk Act, a duo That uh, was doing their thing in, in the British Empire for quite some time Before they came to America, courtesy of HBO I think what they've done With the HBO half-hour sitcom Where the songs on this new album Are featured fairly prominently like Two or three per episode Much in the way the monkeys would But it's a brilliant, very high-level parody I think the, the best Since uh, those, those famous sitcoms Of the 60s and 70s, showing The life of a slacker rock band and not glorifying it. I mean, you know, you, we all thought because of the monkeys and because of the partridge family that all of our favorite bands lived together in a house. <laughs> they were together 24 7, right? Well, well, Flight of Concords do, but somehow the romance <laughs> is gone because, you know, they're battling roaches and, and singing prince like homages in between. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I I have caught up with it. I did not see it in its original incarnation, but this album
1: led me back to the series. And it's interesting to see the music divorced from that. You know, there's a long tradition of this stuff, as you said, Jim, that the movies and TV giving us these parody bands, these comedy bands, that in some ways... Are better than the real thing because the parodies are
0: so right on. Well, Spinal uh, Tap, obviously. Spinal Tap you know. is the best example of but that. But not Tenacious D.
1: Exactly. I mean, there there are variations of this. I mean, you, you mentioned the monkeys. There's also this uh, Metalocalypse show on Adult Swim that features the Scandinavian death metal band Deathlock. Their, their economy, apparently, their scale of economy is greater than the country of Belgium. I mean, they're one of the biggest bands in the world, wow. according to the show. So you can't argue with that, right? But here, here's a band that has been essentially created by a TV show and is enjoying great amount of success independently from that. You know, I've got a lot of things to say about <laughs> Flight of the Concords independently of the TV series, but let's let's hear a track. Well, from about the record time, because I
0: put the Rhinoceros versus the Hippopotamus on my uh, mixtape and I've been telling you forever you got to listen to these guys. Let's play another of my favorites. This is a song called Bowie from the new album by Flight of the Concords on Sound Opinions. Bellies in space.
2: in space. What you doing out there, mom? That's pretty freaky, Bowie. Ooh, Bowie. Is it cold out in space, Bowie? borrow my jumper, if you like, Bowie Does the cold of deep space make your nipples get pointy, Bowie? Do you use your pointy nipples as telescopic antennae to transmit data back to Earth? I bet you do, you freaky old bastard, you Do you have one really funky sequence, space Bowie? Or do you have several to changes Do they smoke grass out in space, Bowie? To this smoke, Astrata receiving transmission from David Bowie's nipple antennae. Do you read me, Lieutenant Bowie? I said, Do you read me, Lieutenant Bowie? This is Bowie to Bowie. Do you hear me out there, man? I'm
1: From the flight of the Concorde's debut record, not only a uh, number three record in the country, but also a best-selling tour of theaters in North America. This is a true phenomenon, Jim. I give this phenomenon. I, I think it's in its fourteenth minute. I don't. I no. really think this is coming to an end fast. I listened to this record with high hopes, thinking this is going to be a very sophisticated parody. And when I got to the track "Inner City Pressure," where they do a spot-on Pet Shop Boys parody, I thought this is pretty good. These guys are very very smart about the kind of groups that they're parodying, but I have to say, over the, over the long haul of this record, 14, 15,
0: 16 tracks, man, that Bowie parody on! Oh, on. Now, you horrible. were just laughing while we played no, it. No, because it's so were, bad. No, no. You're a screw. bothersome. I think, I think that this stuff is really high-level, Greg. When you can have Worth a song... More than, you can listen to this more than once or twice Absolutely. and get something out of it. Absolutely. Now, granted, I fell in love with the songs on the TV show and am now glad to have the record so I don't have to go to YouTube to hear the songs. So, the TV show was the entree. I don't know if I discovered the record, Divorced from TV, like you, if I'd like it. I have a very, very, very low tolerance for comedy records you listen to them once the best ones twice and you're done with them forever alright I never need to hear I don't know Steve Martin doing the King Tut song again right. you know what I mean on the other hand there was a tradition back in the late 60s and early 70s of much more enduring comedic rock and I'm talking about something like the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band
3: There comes the equestrian statue up and down the square little old lady stop and say
0: well lady, now, I think this is that good wow. I mean when they're doing Fodu Fafa right and they're doing Serge Gainsbourg as reimagined by Stereolab that is really funny and it's a great song
1: yeah, though, I would say the first two songs on this record had me, you know, and I'm thinking this could be really good. But I think the rest of it was a letdown. I think it was really obvious parodies that don't hold up over repeated listens. I just found myself bored by the time I got through the record the second time.
0: Greg, I don't know what you're talking about. You're smoking AstroTurf. I am second in line, only <laughs> behind Mel, to buy this record on the Sound <laughs> <laughs> Opinions. Buy it, burn it, trash it, scale.
1: I am not a uh, Flight of the Concords groupie by any means. This is a trash it record.
0: Heartless Cat. <laughs> Coming up on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media, Greg and I play Rock Doctor with a new patient, and then we'll review new albums from Santo Gold and Elvis Costello. Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. It is time now for the segment that Greg and I like to call Rock Doctors. Every once in a while, someone in need of some musical assistance comes to us and says, Dr. Cott, Dr. Goddess, I've lost touch. I don't have music in my life. I need a fix or a prescription or whatever you want to call it. And we try to help them out. This week, we are talking to Joel from Chicago Joel, welcome to Sound Opinions. Thanks, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so tell us why you came to the Doctors today. Well, my favorite part of looking at any art, and
4: music especially, is trying to figure out where it comes from. And you don't spend a lot of time and classic rock and roll before you get back into blues and early country. And you don't get back before, too much further into that, before you find some really terrific regional, acoustic, ethnic American styles. And so as I became a music fan and started exploring those backstories, if you will, I really got into things like Texas swing and bluegrass and Cajun and Mm. acoustic blues. And I love that stuff. I absolutely love it. Here's the problem. It just doesn't rock. And I feel like in my musical diet, that diet is lacking in, in your head-pounding, heart-thumping rock. And I feel like I just need some, some rock back into my diet.
0: Okay. All right. So you want, you want people who are bringing these older sounds into the present, but then they give you a pathway to go back and dig older, but you want something that really rocks you in the present.
4: Exactly. I like to say it. there's nothing better than a sweet mandolin fill. But it just doesn't get you in the belly, and that's really what I'm (laughs) what I'm missing right Uh, now. And so, how do I put those two things together? uh, That's a little bit more uh, adrenaline, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit louder, mm -hmm. uh, but also really respects the past.
1: You've uh, you've mentioned in your resume here that we we're we're looking at that you've got some some stuff. Current stuff in your collection that fills the bill—that's um, on his chart. You mean you, you've, yes? We were looking at the charts here, and uh, <laughs> we see the White Stripes are on there, and mm-hmm. john Langford, people like that, and those are, are doing it for you, basically, in terms of this kind of thing.
4: Yeah, but then it's a question of where where else do you go? Right. It's such a big world out there, uh, and there's a lot of disappointments to be
0: had.
1: Yeah. Well, are you ready to pre- prescribe, uh, Doctor Jim? I, I, I am. Uh, I'm a little
0: worried about his blood pressure, but otherwise, on yeah. the uh, on the musical front, I think we can go. That's the least of my worries, so give it to me straight. (laughs) Well, you know, my problem in coming up with a prescription, Joel, was that there was a a bounty of choices. You said White Stripes. Instantly White Stripes popped in my head. North Mississippi All-Stars, I think, would have been a good one. You could go back to dig the the Hill Country uh, blues up. I don't know. Uh, But here's a band I haven't talked about, and uh, they're well worth hearing, and I think you're going to love them. Uh, They're Sparkle Horse. Sparkle Horse. Mark Linkus is basically Sparkle Horse. He's a singer-songwriter, goes back to the mid-'90s alternative era when he had a hit called Someday I Will Treat You Good, and then he went out on high-profile tours with Radiohead and R.E.M., While he was on one of these tours, he suffers from depression, and he mixed Valium with prescription antidepressants, wound up literally paralyzed and confined to a wheelchair for almost a year. This shaped... The music he made from that point on, in in a very dramatic way, it's it's what they call Southern Gothic, or one of the darkest strains, really, of alternative country. And I think you're going to dig this album. It's his last one. He works very slowly. Dreamt for light years in the belly of a mountain was late 2006. It was five years in the making. Now we haven't heard from him since, but he's he's hard at work. Apparently working with DJ Danger Mouse. Mm. This album is incredible. It started out with him playing all the instruments himself. Once he really got Got it going. He brought in some really impressive guests. Uh, Steve Drozd of the Flaming Lips, drums on this album. Tom Waits. This didn't impress me, but it impressed Greg. It not impresses Com- me. Yeah, comes by to play <laughs> piano on the record. It's a really cool record. If this doesn't do it, I may have to hang up my shingle.
1: One One of the things that jumped out on your chart for me, Joel, was the fact that I am typecasting you as one of those patients that likes to be knocked in the face by the music. I mean, there is no BS involved. It's like if, the louder, the harder edged, the more aggressive it is. You seem to like that sort of getting knocked around the room feeling that rock and gotta roll can give you. But it's got
4: to be honest, not too much artifice, because when you do that, when they're trying too hard and it's not coming from a real place, right.
1: it just seems thin and fake. Right. The other thing I noticed is that you like a nice clean sound. You don't want—I uh, mean, you love distortion, but you don't want too much stuff mucking it up. You well, want I always say I, I
4: like to be able to hear every instrument in the mix, hmm. uh, and if it, and if it gets too washy, I just I just lose focus.
1: So, Joel, I will stake my medical degree on uh, this next band. I think this is, you're going to love this band. Uh, it's The Kills. It's a uh, a duo. Elson Mosshart, who is a, was in a bunch of Florida punk bands, and, and Jamie Hintz, uh, who is this English rock musician, they met and began corresponding by mail. I mean, you know, here in the computer age, these guys are corresponding across the Atlantic via mail. Finally, they said, this is a little bit too slow, so Mosshart went over to England. They made three albums. Their latest, I think, is their best. It's called Midnight Boom. I've always been impressed by this duo as, as a live act, and I think this is their best album yet. Even though there's a drum machine involved, which may not exactly fill your prescription... Mm, that makes me nervous. Uh, it is it is a, a no-frills drum machine. It sounds like a just a monster drummer behind them, just banging away. Two guitars and that drum machine, and it is a fierce, fierce sound. He's, he's
0: had allergic reactions before, Dr. Cott, to the drum machine. Yeah, well, I'm, I think this drum machine
1: may cure you. I, it, it reminds me of the drum machine uh, Old Roland in Big Black. It's that same kind of effect.
2: I was born in this town... My whole life Probably come to die in this town
0: Live here my whole life It'll knock you on your butt. And, well, that's uh, an argument for another day. Yeah, Black yeah. would have been a better band with Ray Washam on the drums. But still, I, I, I'm with Joel. I'm a little dubious here.
1: The thing is, what, these, what the Kills have going for them is a deep, deep appreciation of the blues. And their music is drenched in in that blues feeling. If Muddy Waters had a drum machine, I, I think he would have used it the way these guys are using it. <laughs> and uh, I, I think they're great. Uh, there's a there's a sexual charge in the music that I think is fantastic between, with the, with the uh, duo vocals. They're kind of in their face, in each other's face all the time when they perform on stage. If you like the White Stripes, I think this is one level dirtier than the White Stripes in a lot of ways. Sounds good. So uh, it's their third album. It's called Midnight Boom. Uh, by the kills.
0: Great. All right, Joel. Go take your medicine. Try to avoid operating heavy machinery in the process, and we'll <laughs> we'll check in with you in about a week. Thanks, doctors. All right.
1: So it's a week later, and our newest patient, Joel, is back on the line. Joel, it's great to have you back on the show, and we're wondering how our prescriptions of Sparkle Horse and the Kills worked for you.
4: Well, the two medicines, I would say neither of them hurt me, so that's a good thing. <laughs> oh,
0: it's oh, going to be a bad start. <laughs>
4: no, no, I shouldn't say it that way. I think on the on the Sparkle Horse, it's clearly high-quality music, decent songwriting, and good instrumentation. But you know how when you go to a doctor's office and you say, you know, I want you to treat me for my headache, and they say, well, what you really should worry about is your cholesterol, and let me give you a pill for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dr. D. Rogatas, I think you were trying to treat something else that you heard in me. There was a lot of um, sort of studio work and voice synthesizers and stuff in there that I'm, frankly, I'm just not that used to. Mm. So it threw me off a little at the beginning, but it was in an earthy and homespun enough way that I really got used to it and really actually started to enjoy it. Your face
3: is like the sun sinking into the ocean. Your face is like watching
4: The record got a little slow for me. I found that I kept wanting it to pick up, and about two-thirds of the way through the record there was a tune called Some Sweet Day, which got a little, little peppier, sort of felt like it was an Uncle Tupelo tune. Not bad, a little sort of a toe-tapper, but I kept waiting for it to really hit its stride. And then when the tempo went up even a little bit further, I felt like the vocals sort of lagged behind it. So it was a quick tempo, musically and, and, and melodically, but he was still singing in a, in a sort of a breathy, drawn-out sort of way. be more interested to, to see what these guys can do at higher tempos yeah um, both with the lyrics as well as as with the music
0: I was at a bis, bit of a disadvantage here at Joel I, I am not a roots fan sure. uh, roots music fan unless it's incredibly twisted and messed up but uh, I you know if it's too clean I'm not interested I just think every banjo and fiddle should also have a fuzz box attached hmm. <laughs> you know okay. so so maybe I wasn't the right doctor for you I don't no, know
4: I, I enjoyed it it was easy to listen to I see myself playing this maybe in the in the waning hours of a party, when there's three or four guests still lingering on, that's good. And you don't necessarily want them to leave, but you want them to know that they're getting their own beer from now on.
0: Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> so then you're gonna I would
4: be... say that would be the appropriate uh, <laughs> right. time All to right. listen to this music, and, and perfect for that scenario. In
3: some...
0: What about Mr. Cott's uh, recommended remedy? Well, this was some strong
4: medicine. <laughs> uh, the kills really took me by surprise, and I, I really enjoyed sort of that windy, twisty sort of melodic feel to it. And the guitar sound was really, really terrific. I thought it was at its best when the two singers were singing at the same time. They were a nice point counterpoint to each other. Yeah.
3: We're two parties, two parties.
4: The drum machine did throw me off a little bit when it was buried far enough into the mix and there was enough else going on I, w- I would let myself forget about it when you just get that plinky-plunky very synthy sound to it uh, that was harder harder to listen to but I-, I definitely see myself listening to this one on and on I really liked it lyrically and I love the way this record ended the, the tune "Good Night, Bad Morning
3: yeah. uh, after
4: you know a dozen or so songs that are really twisty and loud and, and-, and sort of dirty and-, and dark and there's this sort of lullaby mm-hmm. sound that comes right at the end and I don't know if I was Interpreting it right, but it sort of said, Well, you know, you got your butt kicked today and you're going to get your butt kicked tomorrow, but you can rest easy for now. Which I just thought was a really nice way to end the record.
3: 100%
1: with you on this record, Joel. I think it's, uh, even though it's not a traditional roots-based record, as we were discussing in your initial prognosis, I think it's a step beyond that. And I think it's a good step, and I'm glad you're with me on it.
4: Well, I definitely felt like the attitude of it was very similar to some of the old murder ballads or, 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 or old coal mining songs. It had that same sort of aesthetic, even though the art form was really very differently executed. So I appreciated that about it.
1: All right, Joel. Well, thanks. I'm glad some of the prescription at least worked for you.
4: Yeah, I think I need to spend some more time with with both of these albums, and we'll you know we'll see if they make it into full rotation. But definitely, definitely something to be gained from each of them.
1: Excellent. Glad we could help you. Thank
4: you, doctors.
2: You are fever. You are fever. You ain't born typical. You are fever. You are fever. You ain't born typical.
0: If you're in need of medical assistance or have a comment on today's show, call our hotline, 888 859 1800 or email interact at soundopinions.org. We'll be back after a short break on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media with reviews of the new albums from Elvis Costello and Santo Gold, and I'll add a track to the Desert Island jukebox. Pick you out of number. Nice, I'll Dancing on the legs of a pony. Left right, left, right,
2: keep it up, son. Oh you always-
0: opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. That lovely samba Harry Worth is Elvis Costello and the Imposters on their new album Momo Fuku, which uh, just got released. Uh, he got a lot of news for it, floated it on the net and then he's putting it out, he initially said he wasn't going to put it out, now he is, as a, as a regular CD, and there was vinyl release, the bigger news is how quickly he made it, he's very excited about this Elvis Costello is a guy who who uh, is constitutionally incapable of editing himself, but he's never been particularly speedy in rushing this stuff onto the marketplace, this album he tells us was recorded in the space of six days, he went and did a uh, guest stint on uh, Jenny Lewis's next album, and he was so inspired by this that he decided to do a whole imposters album with the usual crew with him and as well as Jenny Lewis singing harmonies the speed of this is something he keeps underscoring he, he writes in the liner notes obviously the title is a tribute to Momofuku Ando the inventor of the cup noodle like so many things in this world of wonders all we had to do to make this record was add water well is it overcooked is it soggy <laughs> is it uh, a gourmet dish well get into that in a minute. Let's play a track, Mr. Cott. What do you say? This is one of the uh, standouts for me on the album. It's called Stella Hurt from Elvis Costello and the Impostors' new disc Momo Fuku, on Sound Opinions.
2: You should wear your red collages, walking over the city pride. Streets are paved with heaven's pennies gutters for suicide. Tennis dead Fell from grace somewhere near Arcadia Once she overheard a voice that you didn't hear on the radio Velvet gloves and country clubs were never gonna hold her Ringing the necks of silly sudden bells Who wanted to score her Last. Reversing back into the limelight No one ever saw her Even half plastered Don't bring me down I'm so
3: bound Blue song, red alert Who made Stella?
1: Stella Hurt from the new Elvis Costello record Momofuku by my count, Jim, he's made somewhere in the middle 20s in terms of pop albums. I've lost count because there's so many side projects. The jazz project, the opera, the classical music uh, yeah. quartet. But uh, he's back to making a rough-and-ready rock record. Clearly a- an attempt to harken back to those early Elvis Costello and the Attractions records from the 70s that made his reputation. And I like that sound. I like, uh, I like Costello when he's playing that rude guitar. He, you know, he, do- he only knows a couple of chords, but he plays them with rough readiness, and I love Steve Naive uh, when he plays that rinky-dink vox organ or that mm-hmm. acetone keyboard. That's a cool sound, and you hear it on a few tracks on this record. When he starts diverging off into, as you mentioned, samba, uh, <laughs> not the first thing I'd want to hear Elvis Costello sing, or, or, or sort of a faux country ballad like Flutter & Wow with some pedal steel guitar on it. Yeah. And then there's the dance hall pop song. You know, These are all kind of things that he dabbles in, and I feel like Costello has become such a dabbler that he's not really particularly good at any one thing anymore. People could say, well, he's a great songwriter, and he's got all these different kinds of styles that he can play these songs in. But I prefer Costello basically in a stripped-down rock format. I like when he sticks to that. I would like it if he made a record as good as this year's model, and I know I'm not alone in saying this, but that was a record that he made 30 years ago. It's he been came, a long time. He came close a few years ago with that record when I was cruel. I thought that was a step back in the correct direction. But this is a half-baked Costello record in every I, sense of the word.
0: I'm telling you, so, you know, Diana Krall, his wife, needs to slap him upside the head and say, look, <laughs> it's, you stay away from samba, jazz, opera, you know, all this stuff— What is the matter with you, Declan? Knock it off. You know, you're not making enough money with the luxury car commercials. I'll tell you, we saw him in October. Opening for Bob Dylan. And that night in Chicago, he blew Dylan off the stage. Yeah, he was fantastic. Just him and his acoustic guitar. And he played some of the songs that are on this album My Three Sons, which is about his twins with Diana Krall and his other son, Uh, Song with Rose, which he wrote with uh, Roseanne Cash, and Pardon Me, Madam, My Name is Eve, which he wrote with Loretta Lynn. And that night, those stylistic departures, uh, it was just him and his homely voice and his minimal guitar, he pulled it off. I don't know what happens when he's making this allegedly fast and dirty record that he couldn't have given us versions of the songs that were as good as what we heard that night. Mm-hmm. It's really disappointing to me. Yeah. For that fact, Greg, on the buy it, burn it, trash it scale, I have to say trash, Momofuku. It's a real disappointment. I, I don't think
1: it's a trash it record. I think it was meant to be a dashed off quickie. And I think for that reason, there's about four or five songs on here that are worth uh, burning. But I, I certainly would not say buy it at all. So it's a burn it record for me. Artists a uh, single that had been floating around the uh, internet for about the last year from an artist named Santo Gold now out with a self-titled debut album Santo Gold A.K.A. a woman named Santi White a Philadelphia native now a resident of Brooklyn has been sort of kicking around the music scene since the late 90s she started out as an A and R representative at Rough house Records and. Uh, co-wrote and executive produced a very cool, very underrated record called How I Do for a friend of her named Sharice Ballard, who recorded under the name of Reese in 2001. That was one of my favorite albums of that year. Santee White wrote every one of the songs on that record, and it was terrific stuff completely under the mainstream radar. One of the reasons for that was that it was this mix. It was an R&B record, but it didn't really sound like a traditional R&B record in any sense. It was bringing in all these other influences uh, from the rock world, uh, from world music, uh, a lot of reggae in that record as well. People didn't know what to make of it. Santy White went on to form a band called Stift a new wave band out in New York. She's She'd been in that band for the last five or six years, broke off with the bass player in that band named John Hill to do the Santa Gold Project. Uh, since then, she brought along some pretty hip names. Dave Switch-Taylor, a house music producer out of the U.K., and Diplo, a DJ out of Philadelphia, both of whom worked on the last MIA record. In fact... Santo Gold and M.I.A. are practically neighbors in Brooklyn. They just live a few houses yeah. down from each other.
0: And and she walks Mark Ronson's dog.
1: <laughs> She's a
0: hipster name dropper, non-parallel.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think you're telegraphing what you're going to say about this record, but let's play a track first. It's called Say Aha from the Santo Gold debut record on Sound Opinions.
0: is santo gold with a song called say aha from her debut album santo gold Greg, you accused me of telegraphing. I'm trying not to. Uh, You know, there was a lot of hype behind this artist when she arrived with this record finally. In fact, I was literally, the moment I was first playing this record, I got an email from an advertising firm saying, we have the new beer of the summer in Blank Light Lime, and Downtown Records has the new artist of the summer in Santo Gold. It only makes sense that we should collaborate to get the most out of each brand. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now she is a brand. She's an A&R person, a talent scout for a record company who decided to have a career on the other side of the studio glass, right? That's all fine. I'm not going to get into that critical bugaboo about authenticity. I just champion flight of the concords for goodness sake, okay? Mm. What bugs me, all the comparisons to MIA and how much a lot of this record sounds like MIA creator in particular. This song is is an MIA a homage basically. Me, I'm a
2: creator. Mm-hmm.
0: Hear a different comparison? I keep hearing missing persons. That bad. 80s new wave band that was fronted by a former playboy model dale (laughs) bozio and the musicians were all veteran la session people who had played with frank zappa and 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 even that again authenticity i'm not going to get there who cares if it was good music the songs here are great but her voice is so annoying i haven't heard a voice that fingernails on the blackboard screechy helium warble since dale bozio of missing persons wow it drives me nuts her voice is the, the big issue for you on this record, huh? Wow, well, yeah, I, I yeah. never
1: would have suspected that.
0: I mean, if it was just the M.I.A. carbon copy rip-off thing, it's like, all right, well, you know, it's as good as M.I.A. I That's the, fine. I think her voice is fine, and I like the way she's blending new wave rhythms, guitar
1: rhythms, with ska and dub reggae and and some world music stuff. I, I think it's a cool mix. I think it's a, a unique mix. The, the M.I.A. comparison, I don't really hear it. I mean, that one Creator. song, maybe... But, and, and she's working with some of her producers, but they've come up with a different sound. And, and it first of all, it's much more of a song-oriented record. The one thing that attracted to me to Santo Gold and originally Santee White was the songwriting. The songs on that Reese record in 2001 were great, and I love the songs on this record as well. But I But Reese,
0: Reese is a very good singer, and I'll agree that these Neo New Wave and the Dub Reggae songs are really good songs. If you put, like... Elastica's Justine Frischman singing them. (laughs) If you put even Gwen Stefani, who'd probably kill for some of these songs, singing them, it would be better than having Santi White herself singing them.
1: I agree. Just about anybody singing these songs would sound great, but I don't have a big problem with her voice. I love love the songs. I love kind of the homemade feel, maybe, of the voice. The fact that she doesn't sound like a starlet, that appeals to me. So I I think this is a buy-it record all the way. I have to say it's a burn-it record. I tell you,
2: little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Remember, we were shipwrecked together.
1: As often as possible, one of us likes to take a trip to the desert island and pop a quarter in the desert island jukebox, and this week it's
0: Jim's turn. Thank you, Mr. Cod, for that introduction, and no thanks to you for not letting me do the obituary last week that I wanted to do. I contend that this man did more than arguably anyone else to change the way rock and roll sounds and to uh, make it what it is today. Maybe Leo Fender, guy who invented the Fender guitar, after him, Albert Hoffman, dead at the age of 102 recently in Basel, Switzerland. Who was Dr. Albert Hoffman in 1943? At 37-year-old, father of three, close-cropped chemist who worked for Sandoz in Switzerland, he accidentally synthesized the 25th variation of lysergic acid diethylamide. LSD-25. And he handled it without gloves. And suddenly uh, he was just getting on his bicycle to drive uh, home because it was wartime Switzerland. You couldn't take a car, right? And the whole world dissolves. Everything is exploding. Colors and synesthesia. He's seeing music and sound as, as colors and forms and light. And boy, his mind was blown. Went on to write a book called LSD, My Problem Child, but championed the drug for some of its spiritual benefits. Of course, rock and roll 20 years after that uh, discovers LSD and it never sounded the same. I mean literally overnight it goes from I want to hold your hand to the Beatles revolver as Joe Boyd was saying when he was on our show and he was on the BBC last week. A lot of bands that were just basic R&B bands suddenly became psychedelic rock bands. One of them was Tomorrow a really cool band with a great drummer named Twink and a really interesting lead guitarist named Steve Howe who would go on to much greater fame with Yes. They had a song called My White Bicycle which uh, kind of really evoke the sound of the bicycle you can hear the wheels spinning as you listen to the tune and uh, I always thought it was about Dr. Hoffman's wild ride I finally interviewed Steve Howe 27 years after the song and he just he cracked up he said no it was about this uh, Dutch sect uh, in Holland that uh, was called the Provost and they had uh, free bicycles that they left around town anybody could pick one up but he thought my story was so great that he he's, he bought it he said I buy it we were <laughs> certainly with that song we were trying to challenge the establishment to ride the white bicycle man. So I think that my white bicycle by tomorrow is the best way we can pay tribute to this really important and overlooked hero of rock and roll, Dr. Albert Hoffman, dead at 102, ripe old age. Here it is on Sound Opinions. Right in all the- bicycle, my Desert Island jukebox pick. Great stuff, Jim. Moving
1: eulogy to Mr. Hoffman. Uh, we appreciate his efforts to make the world a more psychedelic place. Next week, we've got Saul Williams on the show. He's going to be with us for an interview and a terrific live performance with his band.
0: Greg, we got some thank yous to say. Sound Opinions is produced by the Ace Team of Jason Saldana, Robin Lynn, and Todd Bachman. And, of course, our executive producer, our fearless leader, the man who is to us, as Murray is, to Flight of the Concords. Tory Southside, Malatia.
2: Come on out, come on out on the telephone. Come on out and have a little fun tonight out and I'm on alone and there's nobody else here inside I know it could be I'm sure it should
3: That's
1: sound opinions. everyone's a critic so now it's time to hear what you have to say
3: Ding a ling ding a ling goes a telephone ding a ling goes my heart again
5: New messages Hey Jim and Greg this is uh, Chris from Portland Oregon uh, I just my comment is about Ray Davies, Ray Davis, whatever. You know, I'm such a music nerd. I, fr- I freak out on all kinds of stuff. I just do not get this guy. And I may be just committing, like, hipster suicide or whatever by admitting this, but life after breakfast? Is there life after breakfast? I mean, give me a break, man. Is there life after breakfast
3: full of
5: That's on a wall was my introduction to the guy and I just thought he was totally the van was totally lame and then it turns out everybody thinks they're the best thing ever happened you know I don't get it I need help and I thought maybe after listening to uh, your interview with him I might get some help I might get some pointers on where to start with them but I followed those starting points and I still don't like them oh well thanks for the show love you guys love the show not you guys anyhow take care
3: (laughs) after
5: breakfast yes and hey, this is Matt Cohen from Kansas City I uh, just listened to your podcast of the state of music literature magazine so on the printed media and I was thinking after listening to your reviews of Madonna's new record and last week or a couple weeks ago jana Jackson's new record would anyone in their right mind pay for a magazine to read a review about either of those
3: on the
5: I think the state of music's more to blame rather than the state of print media. Talk to you soon. Hi, Jim and Greg. This is Jason from Minneapolis. I was listening to a sh- your show with Bob Mould recently and was struck by a comment that Jim made, it's a passing comment, something to the effect of why I listen to the Black Crows when, when you've got the small faces. Um, you were talking about, do you really need the Raven F album, even though you like the sound? because you'd rather go uh, right to the Jesus and Mary chain. Now, I'm really grateful for you guys introducing me to small faces. I had not even really heard of them. But how can you so casually blow off a band like the Black Crows simply because they remind you of an earlier band that you really enjoy? I mean, every band is influenced by other bands. Uh, If you don't enjoy the Crows uh, or or others because of something specific or technical or whatever, just spell it out. Don't dismiss them because they remind you of another band you like first. I just think that's ridiculous. Imagine panning a band because they reminded you of the Beatles. I mean, you guys might as well play all Beatles all the time because there's nobody making music since the 60s that hasn't been influenced by them. That's all. Thanks so much for your show. Bye-bye. from Boston, and I'm calling to comment on your One Note Wonder show, which I love. You could do 45 of those, and I would be thrilled. But the one glaring omission in this first one, 311, hi, every song, exactly the same. Every song, identical. And I especially like the one called Come Original, which sounds exactly like the first 40 songs before it. Thanks. hi. Everything we do, we gotta come original. Put your hands up in
3: the air.